to the Left of Greg podcast. I am Brian Marin, the host and creator of the show. As always, I will be joined by human behavior expert, Mr. Greg Williams, who the show is affectionately named after. Here on the Left of Greg show, our goal is to increase your advanced critical thinking skills through a better understanding of what we call human behavior, pattern recognition, and analysis. If you'd like to find out more about what that is, you can check out our website at arcadiacognorandi.com or by following us on Facebook at HBPRA or on Twitter at A underscore Cognorati. You can also check out the videos of the podcast on the Left of Greg YouTube channel where we also post some short clips on some of the concepts that we talk about during the show. The links to everywhere I just mentioned are in the episode details, so go ahead and check them out while you're listening along. If you have any questions or like us to cover a specific topic, please reach out to us at leftofgreg at gmail.com. On today's episode, we are joined by Arcadia Advisory Board member and law enforcement professional, Mr. Sean Clemens, to discuss the case of Kansas v. Glover that is currently waiting on a Supreme Court ruling. Thanks again, folks, for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy the show. All right, so Greg, it's you, me, and Sean, of course, we have today. And I know before we got started on this uh, amazing case we're going to talk about of Kansas versus Glover, you uh, have uh, your your usual segment of what grinds my gears, uh, Peter. <laughs> so uh, I just want to welcome, I want to welcome Sean back for all those listeners. Uh, Sean is apparently broadcasting from a barrel, a uh, half gallon uh, drum barrel in his garage, uh, but it's <laughs> sound quality couldn't be better. Now, Brian would piss me off is everybody knows, and I'm holding up the, the card, uh, you know, it was the Marine Corps' birthday this past weekend, followed by Veterans Day. Thanks, everybody that was a vet. And what do I, what do I read in the paper Monday morning on Veterans Day? I don't read happy birthday to the Marine Corps, and I don't read uh, uh, thanks for all the vets that are, that are uh, uh, in our audience. What I hear is Arianna Huffington uh, giving a happy birthday to Anne Hathaway, uh, two other people, uh, uh, you know, November's Resilience Month uh, here at Arcadia, and I'm just trying to tell you how hard it is staying laser focused on resilience when so many factors in the media are against us. Just for uh, for so those listening who don't know who Ariana Huffington is, just just substitute Ariana Grande. I don't I don't know. Yeah, or or the Huffington Post, or, <laughs> or, or the, you know, absolutely yeah. anything. My 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 idea is that those who know know, and the problem with our society right now is we're upside down with a bunch of people that are tilting at windmills and not paying attention to the real issues on the ground. Yeah, and I think but, Brian, and, that's why. Yeah, that's and that's 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 pop culture. I think is gonna gonna be like that for forever. Uh, no, but th- there's people run still still contributing, doing what they're doing as they always have, which which is uh, what makes our country uh, amazing. But you know, I mean, I, the the counterpoint to that, not counterpoint, but yeah, I, I agree. Is just you know, you're they're never gonna they're going to capitalize off of, of other people's hard work, but they're, you know, that no one's, a lot of people aren't going to give respect, but there are a lot of people out there who do, which I appreciate. And I think that's changed a lot over the last few years for sure. Uh, and the reason we brought uh, Sean Clemens on today is because he's a lifelong friend of Anne Hathaway. So oh, yeah, good for I'm her. ready to discuss our <laughs> paper. So I, I wish I knew who that was. <laughs> Exactly. So, all right. So, uh, the, culture. the case of speaking of pop culture, um, this is, uh, uh, for anyone who wants more good information about this case or the other one, you can go ahead and sign up at scotusblog.org, which you have to be a huge nerd to be a member of, but that's okay. Uh, exactly. cause we're talking about the Supreme court of the United States, specifically Kansas v. Glover. All right. So I'm just going to go over the basic facts of this case and then we'll kind of get into it from there. But the, uh, just to go over this, the parties, meaning the uh, state of Kansas and, and Charles Glover have stipulated to the following facts of this case. This is an important one um, that the Supreme Court has not decided yet, but it is up for review. So while on a routine morning patrol in or around Lawrence, Kansas, Sheriff Deputy Mark Mayer saw a 1995 Chevy 1500 pickup and decided to run a check on the registration. Uh, Deputy Mayor had not, witnessed, had not witnessed any traffic violations. The database check showed that the truck belonged to Charles Glover and that Glover's license had been revoked. Sheriff Mayor did not see who was driving. He assumed it was Glover, the registered owner. When Mayor stopped the truck, he discovered that Glover was in fact driving and Glover was eventually charged as a habitual violator for driving with a revoked license. Okay, so basic simple facts of the case. 
a police officer runs a, uh, a license plate, it comes back as, uh, you know, this, um, you know, it, it, the person, um, sorry, had their license had been revoked, right? So he goes, pulls them over, and it was the person, in fact, registered the vehicle. But the reason why we're discussing this case and the reason why it's gotten to the Supreme Court is because there are a lot of issues with this case. Right. So, you know, one being whether, you know, for the purpose of investigative stop under the Fourth Amendment, it is reasonable for an officer to suspect that the register owner vehicle is the one driving the vehicle absent any information to the contrary, meaning kind of what, what a lot of this case comes down to is can the police stop a vehicle because it's registered owner's license has been suspended or revoked. So before we go too far. Um, Greg or Sean, do you want to give kind of a brief understanding, maybe street definition or explanation of the fourth amendment of the constitution and how that applies? Yeah. Let me, let me throw it at, uh, I'll do the, the color and Sean, you do the play by play fourth amendment basically guarantees that, uh, all people, uh, will be secure in their papers and effects, uh, and no warrant shall issue, uh, except based on probable cause, meaning that a person goes to a judge and swears on it and therefore, you don't have to worry about uh, intrusive, uh, you know, unwarranted searches and seizures. Sean? Yeah, just, uh, I, I guess, and that's backed up with a lot of case law through the Supreme Court. The big, you know, the big pillar, I guess, would, would be the Terry v. Ohio, Terry versus Ohio. Right. Also known as a Terry Stopper or Terry Frisk. If you guys want to look up the case, you can. It's, it's a good case. But it basically, you know, it tells about uh, an officer has to have some type of specific um, facts and he has to be able to articulate those facts in order to um, make a stop and then make a frisk thereafter. That was decided sometimes what was that in the sixties guys? Yes. Yeah, so that was, yeah, late, late, late sixties. And I know we'll probably get to Terry V Ohio again. I know that was something that immediately I'm sure Greg as well that I thought of uh, on this case, but the idea was the guy's pulled over, right? He had a, re a revoked license and he was then arrested, but then his argument is, you know, Hey, that shouldn't matter. Uh, the traffic stop violate what he, his argument would be the traffic stop violated the fourth amendment uh, prohibition against unreasonable searches and seizures because the officer lacked any type of reasonable suspicion that a crime had been committed. So I think we can kind of start there, Greg. No, no, no. And, and I think it's a good argument. And Sean, Sean and I went uh, back and forth when this uh, first came out that SCOTUS was deciding. And, and uh, I think for the first time in, in 25 years of sparring with Sean, almost 30 years. And I, I, I didn't uh, uh, value his side of the argument. So I'll, I'll let him make his side. My point is that drivers don't have all the privacy rights that they think. In many instances, uh, uh, law enforcement officers are allowed procedurally to pull over cars. And, and whenever uh, the registered owner of a car has a revoked or a suspended license, uh, uh, prior to confirming that, the police officer should reasonably believe that the owner uh, uh, is in fact a driver behind the wheel, unless there's other factors that are in play. And, and if, if, uh, if you look at this case very closely, the Kansas copper pulled over Charles Glover. He said he did it based on the hunch that the driver was in fact the owner of the vehicle. And I think that's reasonable. And if we're talking about a reasonable uh, 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 argument, uh, what more argument is reasonable that the person driving the car registered to you with insurance registered to you is the licensed driver that's the owner of that car. I, I don't say, I, I think it's a common sense inference I, that it's one and the same. So I originally agreed with that real quick before I go to you, Sean, uh, with that same thing, right? So if I'm, you know, if a vehicle is registered to a person, that vehicle, it's likely to assume that that's the person driving. Yep. But actually to go to the, I think the initial judge in the case said, well, actually on that argument, I'm not going to agree with you on, uh, I personally have three vehicles at my house registered to me. I only drive one of them. The other two are driven by family members, and I, I almost have never driven those vehicles. So, I, I, you know, the counter argument to that would be it could be belong to anyone in the household. But before we get on, I mean, Sean, what would what would you have to say to that argument, or, or kind of so far where we're at in the case? Well, I would say let's you know, let's go back to the case again. Uh, we gave the fact simple caper. You know, it was a stop. Uh, based off of him running the plate and thinking or assuming that this was the driver without any other facts um, that he could articulate, which if he would have, if maybe he would have um, articulated some more facts, um, his standard of proof may have risen to a reasonable suspicion. 
what I'm concerned about is that we're creating a, a new something new called a reasonable assumption. I'm going to reasonably assume that this is the driver just because the person's behind the wheel and, and therefore I can run the driver license status and assume that person is a driver, pull them over, and then um, arrest them or issue a violation. So I, I guess backing it up um, to the case is we have to remember that the district court ruled against the police in this caper, threw the case out. Uh, the, case, the case was taken up um, to the next level of court of appeals. Uh, the court of appeals uh, reinstated the case and said the officer had reasonable suspicion, even though it was, like Red said, a reasonable assumption, I think is what, is what the, the officer was saying. A punch would be a, wouldn't rise to a suspicion, at least in my eyes, I think it's more of an assumption. And then that got kicked up to the Kansas State Supreme Court, who then again knocked the case down and, and dismissed the case. So the case went back and forth. Now it's at the Supreme Court level. So it has a lot of implications to, to millions of drivers all over America. So people should be interested everywhere as to how this caper plays out, um, which will affect um, their, I guess, their ability to go about freely without unreasonable searches and seizures. Right. And so um, just go ahead. Guys. Yeah. So and that, that goes to the heart of kind of what the state of Kansas is arguing, arguing right? So they said, um, I'll, I'll read it here. Uh, an officer may reasonably suspect that the registered owner of a vehicle is the driver of his or her vehicle where the officer lacks information to the contrary, right? So, so I think that's a big part of the case is that, you know, if you run a plate or someone's driving a vehicle, is it reasonable to assume that the person driving the vehicle is the registered owner of the vehicle? And I would, I would, I would think, I would, you know, just I'm no law enforcement experience just me, average person on the street, I would say yes. Uh, I would say more times than not, the person who's driving a vehicle on any road and at any time is likely the owner of the vehicle. Is that, I would think that's a reasonable assumption. Greg, I don't know what your, your yeah, thought is. So uh, apparently that's uh, SCOTUS calling us now for an opinion. Right <laughs> I apologize. We're still at work, everybody. Listen, I, I agree with the general argument that I think I'm hearing you guys lay out that this weakens as aspects of the probable cause argument. But what we're talking about here is a motor vehicle, and we're talking about a procedural task, a paperwork uh, shuffle. And in motor vehicles and procedural tasks, the courts always recognize that there's a lesser expectation of privacy. And also, because you're driving, it's implied consent. You're consenting to the fact that if you're on a road, that you have to have all these documents in order. So it's only reasonable for a police officer routinely to say, hey, listen, I've done this check, no malice intended, no profile intended. It wasn't a random thing. I just happened to see a vehicle and run the plate and, and all of a sudden it came up as revoked. And I made the logical assumption that the vehicle's registered owner is likely the person that's driving. Now, the second part of what you said, Brian, is absent other information. And Sean, right. I think that speaks directly to uh, tinted windows or four by fours or, uh, you know, nighttime, for example, where you can't see inside the car. Uh, uh, but, but your argument, Sean, is that not only does it weaken probable cause, but I think I'm hearing, Sean, that you're also saying it weakens the ability of the police to actually look up and off the MDT and do their job. Yeah, I think that's kind of what we're all about um, at Arcadia is, is training um, and making individuals better at what they do. Um, so uh, I, would, I would also fall back that this case has already been decided uh, years ago. We were taught in the police academy, a caper back in the 70s, um, Delaware versus Prowse, right. if anybody's interested in looking it up. Um, so another simple caper. Police officer stops a car uh, for no other purpose than to check the license status and the registration procedural as you're saying greg yep. to check that status of that operator and that motor vehicle's registration um as he as he gets up there he sees marijuana in plain view rest the guy the guy end up having valid license and registration so um case is tossed um court rules that you can't pull something over for making a routine check of the license and registration absent observing some type of criminal activity or a traffic violation. That seems reasonable. To okay, me. okay, but but so I think, let, let me ask sure. you this, Sean. Uh, uh, let's put it in the context of an equipment violation. Right. You see the vehicle going and there's a jacket hanging out of a closed door. Uh, the trunk is loose and it's slamming. Uh, uh, you see that a taillight's out and you go, wow, you know, that's interesting to me. So I'm going to make a traffic stop and tell the person, hey, listen, your lug nut 
is, is loose. Okay, those are all uh, uh, something, a uh, normal procedural function that a law enforcement officer protecting our society on the roads would do. Now, if he does that and you flee from him, or he does that and you don't have a license or a registration, or he does that and he sees a, you know, sitting on a bale of cocaine, uh, uh, those would likely be allowed because it wasn't a malicious uh, intent when he uh, originally stopped. And I know I'm adding the, the malicious nature of it, but remember, most profiling uh, uh, leads to bad capers because profiling is, is wrong. But if it's a pretext and a profile based on a reasonable assumption, and, and when folks were talking about profile, we're not talking about color of the driver, color of the car. What we're talking about is, hey, listen, at this time of night, coming down this street in this area, when the vehicle's weighed down, it's always human smuggling or some other factor. And the copper has enough experience and acumen that he can testify to that and be cross-examined. And, and Sean, my thing is on this argument, if this very, very narrow, what I see as a narrow intrusion based on evidence, based on the fact that a, a computer told this officer, and uh, uh, hey, listen, uh, somebody that owns this vehicle is revoked, uh, uh, I think that that's enough. Because the, the idea is, if the uh, case was so, uh, if it pivoted so much on the officer's observation, my question, Brian and, and Sean, is why didn't they call the officer to the stand to testify? The defendant uh, was, was never uh, uh, cross-examined. The officer's testimony wasn't even taken in consideration. So if this is such an important case on what the officer saw, smelled, felt, tasted, and I completely agree with Sean's argument on, on human uh, uh, performance. We're trying to increase human performance, but I think this is the wrong case. I, I, I don't think this is the case that we should draw the line in the sand on. Yeah, I think you're you're conflating the case. You said uh, an equipment violation. Well, that well, that alone that gets the officer to stop right. the car. And this one we have nothing. Yeah, but we did have we something. Have nothing but an, we we uh, had a computer that told the person that it was a revoke. Yeah. Sean, my argument would be here. What if it was a bolo? What if a bolo came across a police radio saying, "Hey, uh, uh, you know, heads up for suspicious activity." Uh, uh, uh you know, w would you say, "Well, that's well, not that, enough." That's 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 brings up, I think, a major part of it, and what's kind of hasn't all completely been decided yet is is how we use these different technologies right because just what you said is a be on the lookout if it was a license plate reader that was looking for uh and you know an amber alert just went out and this vehicle was identified as someone who just kidnapped a child you know and then they it, we're, we're okay with that that technology to read that plate and identify that vehicle but but if that that you know same technology then says hey you're also behind you know you you don't have a registered vehicle or you have a revoked license now we don't like that and and i would like it too same thing is with, with those different technology partners where you know you've got the the in in major metropolitan cities where they can go by and scan your vehicle and yes. go oh you have unpaid parking tickets we'll give you another one or we'll tow you or you did this but you know it's so it's kind of almost i think that's a big part of it is where do we draw the line in terms of yeah, civil liberties though and, and brian and, and uh, uh sean i want to jump on both you and brian on this one we're talking about a person that uh the owner of the car had a revoked license yes you don't get your license revoked right uh, uh easily getting to you, pay your, you, yeah you did a yeah. bunch of stuff yeah. so when i talk uh, and yes you're right sean i did conflate it by adding stuff that wasn't in the caper uh, uh, or the case in chief about the equipment violation. But I think that those are lesser included. I think that once you get to a suspension or you get to a multiple suspension with the conviction and then you get to a revocation, I think anything goes because it, it, that would be like, a, 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 you know, hey, listen, I had special knowledge that, uh, you know, this person has driven uh, many times and then has a revoked license. And you and I would set up for that guy to see if, in fact, he was driving. What's the difference from getting a computer hit on it and then assuming only based on the fact that that computer hit that it's the right guy? I, I think that intrusion uh, is so small that you don't need more than a Band-Aid to fix it, and it should have never gone to the Supreme Court. And I know you're going to argue with me on that one. Yeah. Well, I just think there's so many spirals there. There's so many, uh, you know, undone ends on this case that, that will – you know, this is going to have a ripple effect, oh, yeah. like throwing a, a rock into a pond. There will be ripples throughout America that are going to affect people that aren't, that aren't lawbreakers. And I think that we have to maybe guard our uh, – we have enough gimmies in law enforcement, I think. And in no way am I defending this guy. I'm not defending any bad behavior. I'm just saying we have a ton of gimmies in law enforcement that we can work our way to a traffic stop. Um, now we're going to rely upon automated uh, license plate readers to now become police officers. We have police officers to think and to act 
right, and use their training effectively and their training in constitutional law. We don't need to rely uh, on computers to tell us stop this car because well, I can, I'll, I'm with you to the point where he runs the dish, yep. right? And then for whatever reason, he taught, because remember, it's a multiple step. You run the plate, right? And then you get the registered owner. And then you got to punch in that registered owner and get his driving status and then get his convictions, then get his, you know, his, uh, his complete unedited driving history. Yep. So he had to do a bunch of steps where maybe if you'd have looked up and or maybe he would have tied it together and said, hey, this is a male born in 43. And a guy I see in front of me, um, you know, this guy's 35 years old. There's no way this is the guy. Right. What is, and what's the course of the police? If he goes, the registered owner is 75 years old. This guy here is 35, and I don't know his age. I apologize. He walks up there knowing that's not the registered owner. But the Supreme Court court said that I can stop based only what this com this computer says. It's a revoked uh, license. I'm going to make that traffic stop, and I know it's not the guy. And then I walk up there, and then I got plain view, similar to Delaware Delaware versus Probes, where now I've got marijuana. Now I make the arrest. Right. No, he's not going to let him go as soon as he walks up there and says, can I see your license? Uh, and Sean, That's uh, and I get with. that. And I get that. One more step back and take a look at uh, uh, Terry in the light that Terry occurred. Uh, we now have uh, a whole bunch of spirals that came out of that that are much more positive uh, in the light of law enforcement and personal protections as well. For example, uh, plain feel. Uh, then we talk about plain smell, and then we talk about plain uh, sound. Uh, these are now exceptions to the search warrant rule where an officer can articulate the facts that he smelled, tasted, felt when he was in a place uh, under color of law that he's allowed to be. So I think that when we look at technology, technology is just another vehicle, no pun intended, that gets us closer to having a, a, a panacea of potential choices before we contact the driver. Now, now there are specific rights that you have in your house and in your person and in your personal effects, but there's a less expectation of privacy rights in a vehicle. And so procedurally, if this cop, and, and I'll tell you right now, Sean, the one thing I do agree with you on is MDT policemen got to go. I mean, you know, the MDT should make it safer for you to walk up on a, on a uh, traffic stop. It shouldn't be the, 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 the precursor to all traffic stops. And what you're talking about is that- yeah, And that's obviously what, got yeah, my, that, what drew my ire, not to interrupt you, know, you there, but that's what drew my ire when we originally started talking about this caper, that once again, when we put the MDTs, and that's dating, uh, Greg and I, that's dating us because the MDTs, now they've got laptops and, you know, <laughs> all, the, all that fancy yep. and computers that print tickets and- so the MDTs in our day, before there were no MDTs, and then they put the MDTs in, and it created what? Like we talked about Yeah, yeah, well, and, and Brian, right. just and so you know, what Sean's trying to explain is, is we uh, had to learn in a, in a world where uh, you had one dispatcher, and there was probably a National Crime Information Center computer that had these big reams of paper, and you could enter a, a serial number to a gun and all that other stuff. It was not like now where you run a date of birth and a name and all this other stuff, wants and warrants, and you can tell how many people stopped it. So therefore, coppers were better on the street because the copper goes, hey, listen, uh, this piqued my interest because these anomalies were above well, or below and, the baseline. And I think that's kind of part what, what Sean was getting at here with, with the whole point of this stop was, that, you know, what, what did he need? You know, if he had nothing else but this technology to base that stop on, then why yeah. are we relying it? We're relying on a technology then. If he didn't do anything else, if there were no other uh, factors or contributing reasons why he pulled someone over. I think that's, that's the issue. And to go back yeah, to even, it, that's what, what Terry V Ohio was too. You folks can, can look that up, but you had a detective guys like, look, I've been a detective in this area for 30 years. Exactly. Uh, this is the behavior I witnessed. This is why I stopped them because it was, but he articulated it, it Brian. Very that's clearly. Yes. On. That's the yes. difference in these cases. Yeah. yeah but that's my, my argument, this to, guy, there's a reason they, my argument to both of you is simply this. Charles Glover being on the road makes the road a more dangerous place for the citizens at large, for my son, for his new wife, for your kids. And therefore, Glover should not have the protection of anonymity. And even though this guy stumbled across this information and should have been doing other things, he still got there. 
and he didn't do it illegally. Well, so therefore, he, Glover should, he, should be He still confirmed. has the protection of the laws and civil liberties in the Fourth Amendment of the Constitution, right? I mean, you're, 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 you're rising that saying, well, he's a rule breaker or he didn't pay because he, he got his license revoked. That's fine. But he still, he still gets the, the, the protections of the U.S. Constitution. Uh, yeah, you know, sure. I mean, I don't think this rises to, to, you know, I don't know what his driving record was or why his license was revoked because it technically shouldn't matter in the case. Right. I mean, it just here's here's the facts. Here's the circumstances of the case, I should say. And and this, it wasn't too egregious. He only wrote him a violation. So it wasn't like this. Uh, this was, uh, you know, a major caper, but it turned into one. Obviously, I think it's being challenged. It should have been challenged by a driver who is operating a vehicle with a valid license. And that that's was right. the point. That's the point, because then you could say... I think this case is being argued by the government the wrong way. Exactly. I think the government should have waited to pass on this case, let the man go, argue, because there's dozens, if you look it up, there's dozens yes. of these cases. I mean, when I worked the road, they were, they were going on every day. We had the MVP police all day long. And so, you know, Greg, you know when you had to work exactly. before these and it guys, should be a class they weren't looking suit. at anything besides that computer. It should be a class action lawsuit brought by the American Civil Liberties Union, and it should be there for all the good drivers out there. And Brian, that's my yeah. point. My point is that, yes, Charles Glover has the same rights, but he also has responsibilities, Brian. And therefore, right. he knew or should have known he shouldn't have been driving. And therefore, this case doesn't hold water with me. It doesn't hold the mud. And, and so, so my thing is that anything that you argue about the computer here, I'm going, hey, good on the copper, uh, uh, based on the fact that Glover needed to get off the road. So, so I'm being, and I, it's not flippant, Brian, but I'm, I'm giving this a little more latitude than I would if I was stopped and I was doing everything right. I got, I got stopped. Uh, I'm not going to say the jurisdiction, uh, uh, but I got stopped. Uh, it's got to be five years ago now. Never knock on everything holy. Never had a, a ticket in my life. Uh, all the times that I got stopped before this were uh, on duty while we were uh, undercover, you know, uh, following somebody or doing a surveillance. And a copper goes, something's not right. And those were all legit stops because we were definitely doing stuff wrong. But uh, this one, it's a, it's a night, and uh, Nico and I are coming back from hockey. Uh, Shelly's in the Bronco with us. And as we're driving through this one jurisdiction, this guy drives by the opposite way. And I'd just come back from a place that's uh, notorious for bad things. I had my beard, and I looked really ragged, and I was tired as hell. And uh, doing the speed limit on a side street, and the copper went zipping by at uh, you know, 10 miles, 15 miles an hour over the speed limit, flashed his uh, spotlight into the cab of my vehicle, illuminated me, and clearly – I, I looked like uh, the guy from the Amityville Horror. You remember the guy with the axe? And uh, so the copper does a flip, uh, hits the red and blues, pulls up on me, uh, doesn't ask for a cover card, doesn't do anything right on the stop, and bounces up to me right away and says, hey, driver's license registration. I handed him everything. I said, hey, why'd you stop me? And he goes, I don't have to tell you that. Well, first of all, you absolutely do have to tell me that. What's your probable cause? So I said, you better call your supervisor because I'm the guy that's going to test your knowledge of the 4th and 14th Amendments and what traffic stops are all about. If you've done nothing wrong, you should vigorously defend it. Charles right. Glover did something wrong. So he can, he can take a step back, and, and we should be siding with capers that, that have to do with the, the public at large that didn't do anything wrong. So, Sean, I, I guess I'm, I'm siding with you, but for, a wrong, for the, all the wrong reasons. Yeah. I, I think we're trying to argue the same point, but in, just different, in, in different Precisely. Ways. And you, you keep hitting back on the implied consent. And of course, you know, the state has a right to regulate driving. When you put your name on that dotted yeah. line, then you've implied your consent to whatever they say. But shame on that legislature if they haven't passed the procedural Precisely. laws that need to take place in order for that officer to, one, run that, run that license plate and then make that stop. If they wanted to, they could, uh, you know, where I'm from in Michigan, they passed a law. And that's all part of the procedures of your license status is that a, a, a suspended driver can't obtain a license plate. Okay. And so how about we take it one step further and say, once a driver becomes suspended, it's one entry by whoever suspends the license. Then you then automatically invalidate the license plate. So that way it takes the police officer. It takes them out of the loop, uh, Sean. Yeah. Reasonable assumption standard. Yeah. Take, and, and, and if you're going to, if you want to make police officers, your procedural police officers, then give them the authority to do that and stop making this little, uh, you know, we're trying to create a new reasonable assumption is what I'm, you know what I mean? I'm all for the police, yes. right? Yes. We're, all, we're all for the police, but we want to do it the right way. We want better police officers. We don't need the NDT, the computer police out there running around, running every little license plate, and they should be looking for real bad guys in the neighborhood. No, no, no. It's what, it's what, what Sean's what talking about is, is that there's a lack of, 
there's a deficiency in the factual record of probable cause. And by diminishing that, we diminish all laws everywhere. And Sean, for that, not only do I applaud you, but I agree. And Brian, that leads right back to your argument. Uh, uh, my point originally was that it was based on a hunch and that there's a common sense link here that these two things are related. But I see now that your point is that what we don't want to do is in, in, you know, accidentally weaken other right. uh, uh, laws uh, that, that, that are there to protect everybody's uh, uh, rights uh, from intrusions. Well, right. And that's the thing is that, and it goes back to, you know, obviously what you said in the night, what, what Sean brought up about the reasonable assumption and, and factor in there, this technology, um, which, you know, is still relatively new and we're still like, we don't have all the procedures like you guys are talking about, right? We don't have all these policies because these things haven't necessarily occurred or risen to that level where they need to be written yet, right? We don't know what we don't know. And so when something like this comes up, it's like, well, well wait a minute, what is this a violation now of, of someone's civil liberties? And then then you have to take into account, well, well wait a minute, what, what are the roles and responsibilities of a driver on the road, right? Do you then, uh, if you, you know, I, I'm, I don't know, I'm, each state will likely be different, but if you have a revoked driver's license and you choose to drive anyway, I'm assuming one, you're obviously already breaking the law because that's illegal, but you're, you, you, I'm, I'm, there's got to be, you know, rights that you're then giving up because you chose to endanger people. You aren't, you haven't followed the procedures of that state. How is it different than DUI? How right. is it different than driving under the influence of drugs? It, I completely agree with you. Well, the, but the cause for stop and then the assumption is so. So here's the thing, and, and I think I think Glover tried to make I think his attorney tried to make the argument. Well, you know that's the reasonable assumption that the person driving the uh, a vehicle um, that isn't registered or, or on a revoked license. It, actually, the opposite would be true. You know, uh, if someone had a revoked license or their vehicle wasn't registered, they're less likely to drive. And then I think it was Justice Roberts said, actually, yep. I would disagree with that and say exactly. it's the other way because since you've, you've clearly demonstrated that you've already willing to break the laws or rules and any of that, however minor that rule is, you've exactly. already demonstrated the fact that you're, because your license is revoked, you haven't followed policies and procedures so far. Bad guys likely then bad continue things. to not follow policies and procedures. So yeah. I, I think that that reasonable assumption, um, I mean, that's obviously can be subjective sometimes and, or, taken advantage of by a good attorney maybe and and how they were that i don't know sean if, if you if that's kind of what you were talking about with reasonable assumption yeah i'm just uh, you know what i mean reasonable assumption isn't a legal standard but it seems to be that this is going to be the standard in this case it was always reasonable suspicion that you could articulate and there's a reason they didn't put that copper on the stand the government didn't want that guy exactly and it goes back to what i think is training well, if he was a trained police officer he would be able to articulate like terry v ohio he could he could articulate why he did what he did there, this officer could. there's two reasons they didn't want him on a stand in my view sean and i think you're exactly right one because he couldn't articulate past the fact that he learned how to type into a computer and the computer would tell him what to do but i think the second reason is because then they'll have plausible deniability when this case fails and goes back and is remanded down to a lower court, they can say, oh, well, you know what? We didn't lay the foundation. And because this officer's testimony wasn't there, that's why we recused ourselves from deciding on the case, which is a way of uh, saving face. So I want to ask both of you, big brains, if you're thinking about this case, the reason I thought about it the way I did is what about facial recognition capers? And right. they're coming. And sooner or later, yeah. it's not unlike this. You, yes. The cop never observed the guy doing anything. But, he gets notified by a pager that says, uh, you know, 214 has a warrant for his arrest. How is that different from the big but, picture? Of this case? But the, and there still has to be, and this is what comes down to, all right, let's take this case specifically. It wouldn't have been a case if this officer then, you know, that it pinged on his computer, whatever. Oh, that vehicle uh, license revoked. All right. Would it be now if he then looked at the description of Mr. Glover and then drove alongside the vehicle and made an observation saying he he fits the general height weight description of this. He met that photo is close enough, looks like the guy driving the vehicle. I can now then pull him over and there wouldn't be a case. Right. Because Bingo. I observed yeah. him. But then goes what into, you just did. Yes. What you just did is create a new standard that's not on the law. So, so I will agree with you that probable cause needs to be the standard. 
but we're in a new uh, 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 age of digital reasoning. And what I'm saying is that was it enough for him to know uh, that the license was revoked, which he, he knew. It's like a fellow officer affidavit. A computer is something that you can rely on. And then the intrusion was minor. So he pulled it over, walked up and said, yes or no, are you the registered owner and driver? And at that point, if it was his daughter, the daughter could have easily said, hey, it's no. my dad's car or whatever else. I think it's a reasonable intrusion. It's a low level intrusion. But we know that the officer doesn't walk away. If he does say, no, it's, this, isn't, this isn't the guy, do you think in all honesty that the officer is going to turn around and go, well, thank you, have a great day and hand them back their license. If they think something's going on, is that just another way into the vehicle? Yes, yes. Saying. Can it I'm be abused? Law enforcement. Let's do it the Can right way. Can it be abused? Yes. And the problem is and it'll make cops be, dumber. Right. It'll make cops less responsible. But and it'll. I think we're arguing the same yeah, thing. Right? But yeah, but I just. I mean, this went back to. Uh, the, here's the only thing. I, I agree with you, Sean. I'm violently in agreement where this could spiral out. And I think Brian is too. But my thing is when we're talking about motor vehicles and the Carroll decision and less expectation of privacy, in this instance, with this check, I'm kind of okay with it because of the intrusion level. Now, if the intrusion level is going to be fraught with likely abuse, maybe what we need to do is tell our lawmakers to stop worrying about all this crap that they're doing. They spent three years on doing nothing and, and pick a caper like this and say, okay, we are going to set some real boundaries here. Well, and, and, and here's the thing, but I'm, mean, cause they, then it goes down to we're, we're I feel like you're going to, we're going to talk about this case again in a different form, right? Just like we did with the guys busted with, you know, 900 pounds of marijuana, yeah, that right, was right. a bad stop. But here's, here's the thing is that let's say it wasn't Glover driving. Let's say it was his friend and he was legally driving the vehicle. He was insured, uh, but he had 90, person. 90 pounds of, of cocaine sitting on the passenger seat that he then observed would this then have been thrown out? You know, yeah, I mean, I mean, just what, what, how would that have played out then if he said, well, no, you couldn't pull me over because, you know, how, how does that play I think out? a better like, case, Brian, I think a better case that you just hinted to would have been that somebody that had the permission of the revoked driver was driving the car, yes. for example, to get a prescription at Rite Aid. And this guy is doing everything legal. He's got his insurance. The vehicle's up to snuff. That person bringing some sort of civil suit or that person arguing this caper, I would love that because now you got a guy that did nothing wrong and the computer put him in the trick bag. Sean, you'd agree with that. Yes. I th yeah, I think we'd all agree okay, on that. So, but I would disagree. I would disagree early what you said that, you know, a traffic stop isn't as a, as a minor intrusion on your privacy. I, yeah. I would disagree with that. Too. I, I don't agree yeah. with that. So how about my, you know, how about my, my 17 year old daughter? To her, that's anxiety-driven. She's nervous. She doesn't know what to do, right? So that, that, it's a, that's a big intrusion on your day. I, I agree, but I'm trying to tell you that people that have nothing to hide should be hiding nothing. And therefore, if an officer had a mistake, and Sean, you and I have made mistakes on the road before where we stopped a guy based on somebody's description or the vehicle uh, uh, was a bolo and we pull it over and it's full of nuns, you know what I'm saying? And they weren't part of the bolo. But that's not the case. This is the yeah. MDT lottery going on. I, okay, now that, is, that I'll I agree mean, with. If it's the MDT lottery, explain what you mean by that. Well, you know, back, well, when, when we worked the road, they were called MDTs. They morphed into computers, what they call now, laptop, whatever they are. But we had officers that we worked with that all day long, they would just punch in license plates, punch in license plates, punch in license plates into their MDT because they weren't allowed to do that. If you remember, Greg, um, before we had the MDTs, we had to we had to ask for a license plate to be ran over the exactly. air. Exactly. And how many how many tries did you get, Greg, on midnights when we well, worked midnights? How many did tries two, did we get over? If you there? did two and you weren't taking a felon to jail, then you weren't working midnights for very long. They they would they would no. bully so you into the shutting dispatchers up. would say the yes, the dispatchers would say, Oh, sorry, the computer's down and that was yep. their way of telling you, Hey, get out there and keep keep looking, stop running fishing and get your face out there and find the bad yeah, guy. We used to call it fishing. And so and then if that didn't work Right, fishing, you know, fishing. And so, uh, and what would happen then too, Greg, they kept trying to run them. What would we do? We take our mics, we start keying up the mics where they couldn't get through to dispatch. And they got the point real quick that this isn't what police work's about. So, yeah, but it's Sean, tool, you, pulled, but don't abuse you, you pulled the daughter card on me and you make me feel like a boob now. I will pull this on you. What's the role of a supervisor <laughs> okay. on the road? What's the role of the road sergeant? What's the role of the lieutenant? 
Their role is to check those log sheets. Their role is to listen to that radio. Their role is to hold you accountable for every plate you run. Because when you go up there, you are now, that's an intrusion. You running a name on a computer is an intrusion in my privacy. So you should have a good reason for doing that, I believe. And then therefore, the low level of intrusion of stopping a car, once you think you have something, because that's what reasonable suspicion is, you believe that you have something. This guy believed it was revoked. And, and, and so I'm agreeing with yeah, the principle. He assumed it was, it was, he assumed it was a driver. There was no suspicion. Suspicion would have been like yeah, Brian said, that, Hey, this man was born in uh, 1943. That, and therefore he looks that, at the age. He looks at the description. This and is that my goes back to the difference of what was what Sean brought up was reasonable assumption. That's not, you can't like, it has to be reasonable suspicion. Yeah, we can't both. And, and that, that goes, because that goes yeah. back to their cases is, is what the state was trying to say. Cause they kind of referenced uh, a Terry V Ohio case too. And they said, you know, he initiate the stop to confirm or dispel the suspicion that Glover was violating Kansas law. Yes. And they said it would have been poor police work for him to let that truck, like Glover's truck continue to driving on having known that the registered owner has a revoked license, which, which that's, that's, my point. that's, that's, that's true. Right now, now that gets into a public safety concern. So, so either way, I, I, I just think that there has to be some way cause, cause you're, I can agree with that. Right. I would 100% agree with like, if this guy is bit in 37 car accident and his license been revoked for 10 years because he has done this, that, and the other thing, okay, well, public safety would deem, Hey, if that guy, if that runs, if it hits on my computer, I want to get him off the road. I think everyone. That's why it's that. on the computer. And, right. That's and, why and, it's on the computer. And, and, and that, driving is a. Then make the legis. Then make the legislatures pass the laws so we can. It, it, the procedures is what you're saying. Exactly. Right? The procedural, the implied consent. Then they're lacking. Not that the, the police officer shouldn't be there to assert their authority and make and make law out on the road. So I'll agree to that. Them to be able to do that. <clears throat> Brian, I'll agree to what Sean just said. I'll agree to take the cop out of the loop. Because then it becomes just like a check in the box thing. It becomes a laminated check in the box, and it's a procedure right. so you, that the division of uh, the driver's you're saying licensing. The, the law would have to be passed saying if a police license plate reader reads your vehicle and the registered owner of that vehicle has a revoked license, they have an obligate, you will be pulled over. Exactly, because because driving in, is in, a privilege, in, not yes. a right. And, in, in, and in, then I would agree, and Sean, I think you would agree. That, that I'm I'm mistaken because what I'm going into this is talking about a simple procedural fix to make sure that we don't realign the language of the Constitution because I, I hear what you're saying about reasonable assumption not being there, but I think the assumption was reasonable because of the computer technology using, and I don't think the law is caught up with it. It's just like we have horizontal gaze nystagmus to figure out a driver's been drinking, uh, but we're, we're infants when it comes to uh, uh, testing for uh, nystagmus uh, from, from onset lack of, of convergence and uh, stuff. Lack yeah, of convergence from marijuana. That, that goes into, right, what you're talking about with a lot of laws with how do we test someone who, how do we know if someone's uh, under the influence of marijuana? Like very easily standard for, for alcohol. We have, you know, every exactly. test that's been established for a long time. So what is it? Now we're passing laws before the enforcement can get up to them. And so, so let's, let's, let's go on to that, that next part then let's take both sides. What if, what if this comes down saying, Hey, no, uh, that was, that's now, you know, that's not a That's not a reason to stop the vehicle or pull them over or have that intrusion of privacy, or it is depending on which way the Supreme court goes, what are the spirals that, that occur from there? Right. Where will this lead to in terms of legal precedent? Yeah. And, and, and I think Sean, has a point that we need to, to bring up. Sean brought up some, some scar tissue, you know, uh, Brian understand that if you did, uh, overtime, uh, for going to court and, uh, your overtime went across so many minutes, uh, it rounded up to the next hour. So you'd get like double time and a half. And so you'd have coppers that would be working your jurisdiction that their only job was to go out there and troll. Uh, that's why we called it fishing until they found a likely candidate uh, for uh, driving while suspended second, which was a court. As five felons drove past and waved back. Exactly. Right and, and so you got a court misdemeanor that meant that you got guaranteed time and you'd have a, a, you know, be able to buy a bike for your kid for Christmas well, sitting in court instead of doing your job. So what they would do is you'd have these coppers, these unscrupulous coppers that would go out and make 25 or 30 traffic stops, many times not even calling them in 
until they had the guy and they, you know, I don't have my license. I have, the, you know, woo, now I got a candidate. Then they would run that guy. And sure enough, he'd come back and they, you'd hear him right away say, yeah, I need that printed out and, you know, stick it in my inbox because I know I'm going to court. Then they would pad these court dates and that's all they did. They didn't care of the calls that were going out, the calls for service. They didn't care about self-initiated field activity and the felons ran the streets. That's wrong. Uh, uh, I think this case is emblematic of what could be. I think if you rely too much on, on the, the uh, computers, what's happening is you're looking down and in instead of up and out, Brian. And I think that's a fear that I would have. And I, I bet Sean would echo that fear. But I also feel that I want to make sure that driving is a, a privilege, not a right. So therefore, if you intend to get behind the wheel of a car, then there are certain things that you should expect from law enforcement that, that, uh, that now need to be codified that weren't before. Yeah, but I think we're, yeah, I, I would agree, but I think we're skipping a step. We're not there yet. And, and because the legislatures have, have shirked their responsibilities, I believe it puts the coppers in a bad way. I agree. And when we're running around being the MDT police and not being the real police, then we have cases like this. These are the extreme edges of the law. The, the, the Constitution gives us great latitude. Yes. Terry v. Ohio is a great one. Um, and so it shows us what, what case law can be. And this one here, I just think, is going to set a bad precedent. And it's going to create a lot more computer police if it goes, obviously, if it goes the government's way, it's going to create more computer police. And what I'm saying is I'm okay with all the tools that police officers right. have. I don't think we need this tool. And if we do, if we do want to stop a suspended driver, then I guarantee you, you should be able to articulate why you stopped totally and agree. use the reasonable suspicion doctrine and stop relying on a computer or guess what? Just wait. Or have off. a computer confirm your suspicion. And that, that, that's what it comes down to as well with any technology is, is are we using, are we relying on the technology? Or are we relying on the human with, with the technology as a tool? Because I, I think that that there goes go. to what Sean was talking about a lot of that. Then it becomes just relying on this machine and then now that atrophies a number like you just just exactly right. law enforcement experience but it but it relies on that and now it, it's not on human judgment and there and now it becomes that now now this could get into a number of different areas but but i think you know not relying simply on that technology just using it as as a tool or as some part of your investigation or some part of why because another tool in the toolbox you, you can't just rely on that stuff because now that's going to lead to you know, ever people getting pulled over and it, let's say it is someone who's just innocently driving down the, down the road. Now that's an invasion of their privacy. Now what happens to them because of this, this, uh, uh, new law or new rule or new technology, I think that's where it gets into. And, and all these cases, I, I agree with what you said, Greg, it should, you know, this should be a different case. Meaning if the guy, if it was, uh, his brother who had a perfectly clean driving record and it was legally operating that vehicle and he's insured, um, that this wouldn't as be as much of a discussion, yeah, but, so, but it, it, it still has to be because now, uh, I, I mean, you're, 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 we're kind of starting to skate on thin ice there when it comes to civil liberties and the fourth amendment of the constitution. Yeah. yeah so let me, can I give you a better case, Brian? And, and I know we're getting near the, the closing remarks. So if you'll well, allow, keep going, I, I think, is, but, but if yeah. you allow me, okay, let me throw a good case at you. So you've got uh, Al-Assad uh, versus McAleenan in Boston. And yesterday, uh, the federal court in Boston ruled uh, that suspicionless searches of travelers' electronic devices by federal agents at airports and at other U.S. ports of entries are patently unconstitutional. So what they were in a policy of doing is if you were coming from out uh, Oconus, out of the country, yeah. they would just randomly grab uh, your phone, your iPad, take a look at who you've been calling with no other suspicion. Now, to me, if you're talking about a, a lawsuit about electronics and about yeah. you know digital devices and everything else, this is the one that is the kind of thing you can get behind. Now, many people right now are cringing at home going, hey, wait a minute, that's how we find terrorists. No, you find terrorists by doing good police you work. Do, do police you find work. terrorists yeah, by going out there and getting things called artifacts and evidence. So I know I sound dichotomous, but I, I want to I wanna defend on Kansas uh, uh, and Glover. I want to defend my point there saying that procedurally, I think it was a low-level intrusion, and I know I'm, I'm still getting beat up over that. Yeah. Here, when somebody's going to go into my phone or my iPad or my computer, that's a high-level intrusion. And you best come armed with bear before you do that 
because you can't just now we're talking different on a, on, on a, uh, uh, Sean, for example, if we're doing a drug search warrant and the search warrant says that, uh, you know, the papers and the documents and the computer records and all that, and you're at the house, guess what? You're in the trick bag. I'm looking at your phone. But here we were talking about a, a border search uh, with no probable cause, no suspicion whatsoever. Yeah, I think that's a little, yeah, we're, that, that's, a, that's a huge jump from the caper we're in here. Um, that's probably for another one because that's, that, that's going to be, a, that's going to have huge ripples as well. And I obviously support you there too. We find bad guys uh, by going to look for evidence and that's the best way to find them, not rooting through people's iPhones. And back to the iPhone, what Brian was about technology, has, has technology made people, people more observant or less observant? And I'm arguing the same thing for police officers. The technology pulls us into the technology rather than looking up and out and looking at our environment where we can find those reasonable suspicions and then, and then articulate them. Um, so we're, we're working uh, on the good side. We shouldn't lose our privacy rights when we're right. on the phone. We shouldn't lose our privacy rights when we're on a bicycle or in a car or walking, as long as we're ri riding our bike or walking within the law. You know, and, and you don't lose them, even if you're a criminal, you still have the uh, same basic rights. But I think that the, the overall goal of my being on today's podcast was to make sure that we don't endorse suspicionless fishing, but we also don't create this monster uh, that can be handled with a, with a swing of a gavel. You know, the, yeah, and, and that goes into everything we kind of brought up, especially with Sean and just you reiterated with that, the case you just brought up right now, too, is that that technology should use as an as an aid. There's no, hey, we have this tool now. We have this capability. This is what we've got now. Well, well no, you still one like more artifact, said, one more yeah, item it, of evidence. Yes. Yeah, it, it, that that's, you know, should be used in conjunction with with something else. And that's why I brought up the example of of, OK, I got a ping on this license plate. I have to confirm this. I have to have some other probable cause and say this is likely the individual because I would vehemently disagree with you saying getting pulled over by law enforcement is a minor intrusion. That that absolutely is absolutely minor. Huge. I, I I would disagree with that. I think that would that would be a, a major intrusion into your civil liberties, your ability to pass freely, um, in, in just in this country uh, alone. I I think that's uh now now the. Now the the they might be pulling you over in uh, whatever the reason, right? So it, whether it's in terms of public safety, like this guy getting pulled over because he had a revoked license for whatever reason, um, okay, well I guess that that's in terms of public safety, but it wasn't serious enough serious enough for you to pull him out of the vehicle and arrest him right there, you know. It, it, so so why was it serious enough for them to to even have that intrusion, right? So I, I think it, this is kind of a not not. As you said, not not the best case to use uh, at all. Yeah, I, 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 I go ahead, Sean. Yeah, I just wanted to throw in. We didn't really talk about it, but you know, ultimately, you know, these laws that are decided by uh, men and women in black robes ultimately affect us little folk down on the road yes. and out in America. Mm -hmm. And um, there are there are more neighborhoods that um, you know there are a lot of neighborhoods, obviously. Um, in inner cities, if you've worked in an inner city or live in an inner city, and I know where I grew up in, I didn't grow up in a neighborhood and neither did you two, that laws um, seem to affect us a little disproportionately. Um, and and it's, it makes it a little more difficult out there. And I'm, I'm not trying to turn this into a whole uh, societal uh, discussion, no, but, it, but we have to work within our society construct of the Constitution. Exactly. How is it in our and society it, right now? That's why it's a living, breathing document. That's yeah. why it moves and it grows and it changes for each one of us. And, and, and that's all I'm saying. Sean, where we grew up, if you were going to go into a bar, a nightclub, or you were going to go into an arena for a sporting event, and Brian, you're part of this too, because this is the same in Chicago as it was in Detroit, you're going to get your bag checked, you're going to get right. patted down, right. you're going to go through a metal detector. That's an intrusion. But if you don't want to go into that place, yeah. you don't have to consent. So right. what's the difference in driving? In driving, you're implying that you are consenting to any of those things that are going to happen to you. So a traffic stop to find out if you were a revoked driver to me is a low-level intrusion. I just want to make sure that you understand what I'm talking well, I, about. By bringing up my point is what I was trying to say is that um, uh, in our family, we had hand-me-down cars, and we didn't have enough to go transfer the plate. Yep. And, and you know you're supposed to transfer that plate, but unless you have the money to transfer that plate, then you don't transfer it. So we didn't own an, an actual vehicle in our family's name until I was 13. You know, and we had like a birthday cake to celebrate that. 
and we had hand-me-down vehicles. And so was my uncle suspended? I have no idea. I have no idea. Um, but my mom was driving that. My dad was driving it. And I just, uh, what I'm saying is, um, we have to produce police officers that are a little better than this is what and I'm I agree about. with that. That I, a little more trained, a little more. I, I agree with that, but I'm, I'm adding to that, Sean, that I think it's a function of the administration and leadership of that agency to hold their officers accountable. And, and I think that I would protract that out, uh, uh, and say it's a responsibility of the legislature, of the lawmakers to make good laws that are easy to enforce and that the people think are reasonable. Because if they're not reasonable on their face, you get what I'm saying? That's This is going to become case law. Good, bad, or indifferent. Right. This is going to become case law, and they should have picked a better caper. So I couldn't agree more. We, this, is the best, this is the best part where we've agreed. Yeah. I think we all three agree that this is the absolute worst caper. It, why the government got behind right. this case. I, I, I no and I would again if that I think will yeah I would one hundred percent agree with that it's a bad caper for them to get behind why is this all why did this make it how did this make it all the way up to the Supreme Court exactly it should have been dealt with right away at a lower level where they went you know what that let's it's not worth the time and effort on this one let's use it on the next one where it's worth it because. Exactly. And to plug this whole, Brian, yeah. to plug this whole training changes behaviors. Right. That law enforcement officer would have been better trained, then we wouldn't be having this discussion because even if he got a ping on a revoke, and remember what Sean said, this is more screens. It wasn't the very first thing that he ran it and it came back revoked. He had to go and dig a little bit. If he would have been that zealous on finding probable cause and artifact and evidence to support his conclusion, Could, we wouldn't be having this argument. I, I agree. That's a Thank of you. Yeah, 100%. Of who, who knows? It's an older model vehicle uh, with this guy. If he's a if he's a rule breaker and has been his whole life, then uh, you could probably find something on that vehicle that's worthy of a stop. Say, hey, and he's going to do something wrong. Or bad you can follow do bad things. Like, he's yeah, exactly. cross the line. He's not going to use a signal. Whatever the issue is, you'll get it. So I, I just think that extra effort. But and and again, we could we could. Or how about how about the next day? Just he, obviously, he's going somewhere, and he's probably going to be moving about the next day too. So meet him at the same bat time, same bat channel, and I guarantee you, and, you'll have him. The and next what day. Sean so, just said to our to our loyal listeners out there is the gift of time and distance. Yep. Being prudent and slowing time down and saying, listen. Probable cause doesn't diminish. So if we see him again tomorrow driving, then it's clear that he he's a scofflaw. No, I, I totally agree. And then submit the warrant for the day before. Also, if you do find out, then you get then if you, if, it, if you were if you had such a, you know you had you had you know you were so hard up to get this guy, then you could also seek the warrant for the the day prior and the and the day that you and got. Now your probable cause you know I mean? is the so warrant. You, and that's what the court wants you to do is not do warrantless uh, affidavits, right? So, so now you're, you're right, right on, Sean. So now we don't need a new law. What you're talking about is going back to the same old law and doing good police work on the ground. Sure. Yeah. yeah, there's more than one way to skin a cat, right? Exactly. So, I've, so I've been told I've n still never skinned a cat before in my life, but I've heard that's that term <laughs> in a number of places and everyone keeps saying it. In different variations <laughs> as well. But I, I think that's a, that's a, that's a good good point and i know we could keep going on with with this uh and case law for a while but i think this is a good one to highlight uh a number of issues one especially with you know, technology use still comes that all of the all of these cases that we've discussed comes down to you know because once again this is another case we discussed where the police officer pulled over the guy who was doing something wrong so so the guy was clearly breaking the law and and it's just what if he had taken that extra time or what if he had done one more step or just getting that just like we talk about that time that time and distance and we can go on forever you know who knows that guy you might have been had 37 other things to do and been you know overworked in this right we, we don't even know but it, just just taking it on the facts of the case and what it leads to is that look this is what happens then then you get a, a, a crap case that makes its way up to the supreme court and all you had to do was take that extra step and i'm not admonishing him i'm certainly not going to monday morning quarterback the, the police officer doing it but the, just talking about it from a legal standpoint this is then what happens and we forget that sometimes when we're out there right that you know this is what it could possibly lead to so give from good old road cops brian give good old road cops you do not want your name on case law you know what I'm <laughs> yeah. Sean, am i Sean, am i saying the, the, the gospel there Oh, that's the gospel. So give yourself the gift of time and distance and training changes behavior. All right. I think that was a good, this is a good spot to, to kind of end on unless there's something else you guys want to add. No, Sean, great to have you back. No, on the the pod, only thing I would, yeah. Thanks. The only thing I'd add, we got any state reps that are out there. 
try my idea. How about with the suspended drivers, we cancel their plate as soon as they become suspended. End of the yeah, And, and there, there it yeah. takes the onus off the cop and yep. the motor vehicle department and puts yep. the onus on the driver yep. owner to go in there and get it, go. Yep. get it corrected. And, and guess what? All the money, the funding has yep. to come from that guy uh, or girl, obviously. But to reinstate the you're plate. exactly right. That's a, a good point. So the All state right. wins, the coppers win, and society at large wins. Oh, come on, man. But the bad guy keeps losing. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, just change sides, Brian. Right. Come, to the, come exactly. to the light side, Brian. I'm not, I still got that ankle bracelet on. I can't leave my box here. So, all right. Thanks for coming on, too, Sean. All right. Thanks for everyone for listening. Thanks for inviting me. Hey, guys. remember, everybody, November's Resilience Month here at Arcadia. We love you. That's all for today, folks. Thanks a lot for tuning in. Remember, you can follow us on Facebook at HBPRA. Check out our website at ArcadiaCognorati.com. Please, if you enjoyed the show, like it, share it, tell your friends about it. Let's get the word out there. And if there's something you want us to cover directly or curious about, go ahead and get a hold of us by email at leftofgreg at gmail.com. Thanks.